We are halfway through 2022, so right now is a great time to pause and reflect on how far we've come. Have you given yourself space to see how close you are to your goals, if you're at least headed in the right direction, or if you need to redirect a little? Today, Neil and I are talking all about evaluation, progression, and how to achieve and celebrate small wins that will get you to the bigger wins in the future, and how to make sure you're enjoying the journey along the way. So today is July 5th, and we are halfway through the year. We're pretty much six months into 2022, and we are also basically halfway through our summer, at least for our kids. They've been out for a little over a month, and they have a little over a month left. So, and we are also halfway through our two seasons of general conference. So, that's something that gives us a lot of strength and guidance every April and October. So we're kind of at this really cool halfway point. And today we launched our jewelry line. We're getting ready for one of our biggest events of the year, the Nordstrom anniversary sale. And so I happened to open my computer and saw my vision board that is on my computer that we talked about vision boards at the beginning of this year. And as I just glanced at this, I noticed that there was a picture of the, just an inspiration picture of some jewelry that I liked that that was a goal of mine is was to launch a jewelry line in 2022 and here we are exactly halfway through the year launching our jewelry line today so that was really cool to see I also have something on here about eight TED talks every female needs to hear so I haven't exactly given a TED talk yet but this summer at Aspen Grove, I was able to give nine talks in one week, which was really cool. And a few people have asked me, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Or were you exhausted after? And I think when you find something that you're really passionate about, that really is your life's purpose and mission, that gives you life. It is life-giving. It's not life-sucking. It does. It didn't make me feel exhausted in the sense that I afterwards felt drained or like, I needed a vacation from the vacation or anything like that. I felt like, wow, I could get out of bed and do this every day for the rest of my life. So that was such a cool experience. I've given lots of talks. I've spoken at lots of different church events and in different areas and at schools and whatever, but I've never given so many talks in such a small period of time. And it was really a great experience for me. So just glancing at this, there are a few other things too that popped up that I was like, oh yeah, I've done that or I focused on that or I've improved in this area. And so I would invite you right now to just think about any of the goals you may have set at the beginning of 2022. Any intentions that you wrote down, anything that you maybe wanted to focus on this year and just think about for a minute how you've done with that so far. And this is not an invitation for you to beat yourself up. This is just an invitation to say, oh, okay, how far have I come? Am I a little bit better in some areas? Have I improved a little bit? Have I gotten a little bit stronger? Have I made some progress? And I bet that you probably have made more progress than you maybe have paused and thought about so far. Totally. I love the topic or the the concept of evaluating your goals. Cause I think it's easy just to, everyone does the, 
make your, your goals of the new year. And then you almost, it's easy just to forget about them. Life happens and gets so crazy. But I think the concept of evaluation and the power of that, I, I love one of my, I don't know, motivational for people that I really love to listen to, Brian Tracy. So he talks a lot about kind of four ways to four simple questions to ask yourself in doing in the, like in evaluating your goals or where you're at. Knowing what I now know, is there anything that I wouldn't get into again if I could start all over again? And is there anything that I, I want to start doing differently? Maybe there's something I want to stop doing. Maybe there's something I need to do more of or something I want to do less of. So actually that's five, but the four questions were, were basically the, the start doing, stop doing more or less of something. Even just start thinking of those questions and, and asking myself those things as I'm evaluating my goals, because I think it's easy to maybe have a lofty expectation with your own goals initially and set these just ridiculously high goals, which is great. Like let's achieve them, but maybe there's an adjustment that you need to make in achievability mid-year, or maybe it's the other way around where it's like, man, we just aimed low. Like let's, let's aim higher here. We're <laughs> already hitting our goals or we're achieving them. Like let's make, make adjustments. Those are questions that I like to ask myself and in evaluating and, and making those adjustments to be able to hit the mark of whatever the goal is. So just some, some thoughts I had as we we're talking. So I like what you said about looking at where you're at. I think it's important to evaluate also how you're spending your time. And sometimes it takes me a minute to realize that I'm not actually spending my time doing the things that I mean to spend my time doing, if that makes sense. And President Oaks in our church talked about good, better, best. He's talked about that more than once, about evaluating your priorities. And I've I've heard a lot of church leaders and spiritual leaders talk about how one of Satan's greatest tools is distraction. It's not necessarily, most of us are not going to wake up and like murder someone, <laughs> but a lot of us are taken away from the best things by good things or even better things because it's so easy to get distracted. And I am totally guilty of that. But I think that, you know, if we can just step back for a second and look at, oh, so this is where I want to go. Am I headed in that right direction or am I actually doing things that are taking me a little bit on a detour every day, a little more and a little more on a detoured path that's actually not pointing me in the direction I want to go in. And in 2014, Elder Quentin Cook gave a talk called Choose Wisely, and he said, even worthwhile endeavors need evaluation in order to determine if they have become distractions from the best goals. And I think that's a really good thing to think about too. So even worthwhile endeavors even things that are good might be taking you away from things that are best or your best contribution to the world. So, I mean, I've done that with media, totally, with getting sucked into like a binge series on TV or even reading books. I mean, honestly, I love to read a book so much that I usually, and not I'm not necessarily recommending this, but I usually save 
books for when I'm truly just on vacation and have given myself the freedom to check out. Because if I get sucked into a book, I will stay up so late reading these books, sometimes till like one or two in the morning because I just can't put it down. And then I'm just zonked the next day. I'm drained. And I know that's not getting me where I want to go. So, you know, I just think, especially with this midway point that we're at, it's a good thing to just step back and say, how am I spending my time? Are the things that I'm doing actually contributing to who I would like to become? I'm laughing right now um, <laughs> because Why? there's a because I'm thinking of a story that, that you often will like call me out on. And I it's because I will get I don't know what it is, but I'll sometimes I'll I'll just get sidetracked or I don't know if it's like a nervous thing, but it's it's kind of like the joke is. You know, there's some major crisis that we're handling or some challenge that we're facing in our family, like our you know immediate family that we're working with. And I'm out in the backyard cleaning up the dog mess, <laughs> and which I think can, it can happen to me a lot to where it's like I want to do something. I want to make something happen. But it's like it, it's just not being focused in on the right things like, OK, that's that's Wait, good. I don't ever remember bringing that up as an example, but. Sometimes no, like cleaning out joking. the garage yeah, or like or I'll, I'll be doing not the most effective yeah using my time the most effectively. But I, I think it's knowing where to put the emphasis and where to put the the focus. There's another story. Again, this is a Brian Tracy uh story. Is he the eat the frog guy. I think he's mentioned that one before, but there's a story that there was a factory that had an issue, you know, this complex, I don't know if it was a nuclear factory or some type of major factory, and they were having an issue in one of their, in their plant. So there's like thousands of moving parts and different components to this plant in, in producing or, or, you know, whatever activity they do. And they call in this expert and the expert comes in and he checks things out, spends several days looking at different things and measuring and evaluating. And then after his evaluation, he, he takes a marker and he draws an X on this, this like meter or this one instrument. And he says, this is your problem. Replace this instrument and your factory will be working up to the, the proper standards again. He leaves the factory. They replace this part. And what do you know? The factory's up working to full capacity again. Everything's good. And then several days later or a month later, they get this invoice from this expert and he charged them tens of thousands of dollars. They write him back and they're like, hey, uh, we noticed that you gave us this invoice for tens of thousands of dollars, but all you did is you just put an X on an instrument. Could you explain your invoice in, in more detail? So he sends back a detailed line by line invoice and it says, I think the charge was like $10,000 or something. And he says, drawing the X on the instrument, 99 cents. Knowing where to put the X, $9,999. So -hmm. the whole point is it's basically knowing where to put your efforts, put your energy, put your, your talents to work is what makes all the difference. It's not so much in putting forth the effort as much as it is in knowing where to deploy your efforts. And obviously, yes, it's going to take effort in whatever you're doing. But I thought that was just an interesting concept. 
And that's one that I struggle. Admittedly, that's a weakness of mine. You, Corinne, are phenomenal at that. Well, sometimes I'll just see you with the greatest of intentions doing something like that. Like we'll have people coming over or something that's coming up and you'll start like cleaning out the garage. And I'll have to say, Neil, no one is going to look inside of our garage. Just help me chop these vegetables or do something that's like we need immediately. This is why why being married to somebody who (laughs) understands this is extremely helpful for me. Well, we all have our strengths, and I was just talking yesterday about to some other moms about your strength of being patient and how you work really well with our kids. That's something that a lot of times I have to pass off to you because that's something that you do really well in our marriage. So I think it's great to bounce off ideas or sit down with someone who can be really honest with you and just say, what do you see? that's holding me back from this goal, from this thing that I want to achieve. I really want to be better at this, or I have a goal of becoming this type of a person. What can you see that maybe I'm not seeing that would help me? That can be a scary question, but it's if you have the courage to do it, and if you have someone who's safe enough that you can trust to give you that kind of feedback in an honest but loving way, it can be really powerful. So another talk that I really love that I found while I was researching this topic is by Marvin J. Ashton. He gave it in 1983, and it's called The Word is Commitment. So as you could imagine, the whole talk is about commitment. But in this one part, he talks about goals. He says, in setting our own goals, we need to examine our own needs and abilities. The direction in which we are moving is more important than where we are at the moment. Goal setting should cause us to stretch as we make our way. And I think that's a great point because a lot of times it can feel like, oh, I haven't gotten there. But anytime I think of that, I always, always, always think of the metaphor of the road to Hana, where if you are just focused on getting to Hana, you're going to get there and you're going to be like, wait, what? This is it? I mean, Hana's great. It's in Maui. But truly the experience of going on the road to Hana is the road, is opening your eyes and paying attention to the things around you and seeing the beauty of the entire journey. And I think we're all guilty of that. For sure, I am. You wake up. We talk about this all the time. You wake up, you grind, you do the same thing day in and day out. Sometimes it feels like Groundhog's Day. And really, those days that just repeat themselves over and over and over, that is the journey. That is life. That is where you find joy and the little moments, and you make memories, and you shape character, and you define your family, and you define yourself. So he goes on to say, self-examination is most difficult. Surveys have shown that most people take credit for for successes to themselves, but blame their failures on external forces or other people. It would be well when confronted with problems to be able to ask the same question that the 12 apostles asked during the Last Supper. When they basically, you know, they were eating and then they were very sorrowful because the Savior told them someone was going to betray him. And each of them said, Lord, is it I? So it just shows the character of those 12 apostles that they wanted to know, am I wrong? Is it me? What do I need to do to better myself? I don't want to be the one that denies the Savior. And so... 
in this self-examination, again, this is an invitation, this is not an invitation to beat yourself up, but an invitation to maybe just step back and self-evaluate and say, you know, yes, where have I succeeded? What has gone well so far? But also where have I gone wrong? And maybe what can I correct or what can I, you know, change even just a little tiny shift that will put you back in the direction of where you want to go versus maybe some of the detours that have taken you off the path a little bit. One thing I also thought was really interesting last night, I wrote a post about America and being so grateful for our country. And I feel like in the last couple of years, and even super recently, there have been so many people up in arms over things about our country, which I can totally understand. There's lots of heated feelings. But when I stepped back and I looked at, okay, what are our blessings? What am I grateful for? Why why am I grateful to live in the United States of America? And why do we celebrate Independence Day? Why is that significant? Why are we putting fireworks off everywhere? You know, why does this even matter? I thought about all of the all of the blessings that we have, all the freedoms we enjoy, and you know, listed a lot of them for myself and then decided to celebrate that. And there were a few people who wanted to kind of disparage that or, you know, speak ill of our country or just take it in an opposite direction. And I thought, man, if you want to be the type of person who is positive, who lives a happy life, who looks for the good in all things, you have to actually do that in all things, including people in your life, things, organizations, institutions, places, all of those things. Because if you took a person and you just said, every day I'm going to look at you and look for all the things I don't like about you or all of your imperfections, pretty soon your brain is only going to go there. But if you want to be if you want to improve your marriage, if you want to improve your relationship with your neighbors or with your church community, you have to be actively looking for the good and actively looking to have gratitude. And so that's one thing that I feel like I've gotten better at training my brain to look for the good in things. And that's like my gift to Jesus this year is to be of good cheer. And I'm not saying that I've mastered that. But I am saying that in being more intentional about looking for the good in things, I think that the more you do it, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. And I think sometimes we're so caught up in, uh, at least, I don't know, myself and just different people I've talked to or, or listened to throughout life is you get caught up in being really self-critical. Like you said, beating up on yourself. I think that listening to sources that are going to uplift and be positive in that evaluation. Ultimately, I mean, for me, and I think it's God, looking to God for that validation and seeking whether you believe in whatever your spiritual beliefs are, if there's a belief in a higher power or the spiritual elements of life, like turning to that source for truth and proper evaluation is going to be the most accurate. And I think sometimes it can be kind of 
a little bit of a, oh man, like I really do need to work on this and I feel it, but it's in a different way. I don't think it's in a way when I felt those feelings that's really cutting and like shaming, like I'm a horrible person. Usually I know that that's not going to be from God, but there might be some, like a call to change or, you know, as the scriptures say, put it, repent to where it's like, I need to change something. And I, and it's more of a motivation. It's like, I want to change this. Like, man, I know I can be better. And and I know, I feel that God knows I can be better and I want to be better. For me, what the way that that happens the best is when I'm doing things in my life to try and connect to that higher, you know, to God essentially as, as I would understand him. And doing the things that connect me to him through prayer or scriptures. And I love, there's a quote that I really like, um, and it's talking about um, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. It's from one of the leaders of our church, but he's he's recounting this story where Joseph Smith was killed. He was martyred. He came to Brigham Young in a dream. And this is what he said in the dream. He, he said, the prophet stepped toward him speaking to as Brigham Young, and he says, looking at him very earnestly and said, tell the brethren to be humble and faithful and be sure to keep the spirit of the Lord, that it will lead them aright. Be careful not to turn away the still small voice. It will teach them what to do and where to go. It will yield the fruits of the kingdom. Tell the brethren to keep their hearts open to conviction so that when the Holy Ghost comes to them, their hearts will be ready to receive it. And I love that of, of all things that could have been said in that dream. Like that's the one thing that is conveyed and how important that is because being able to be tapped into God and the ultimate source of truth, that's like the perfect evaluation. And maybe there is, and I think we've experienced that too, where it's like, well, maybe we're just, we need to totally reset our goals altogether. Maybe there's something very drastic that we need to do or change or do completely differently that we hadn't even thought of before. And sometimes we do, or sometimes we it have. is. I mean, I was just telling a friend yesterday at our little 4th of July block party, she was asking me about having another baby. And I was like, yeah, we're going to have three kids in four years. And I said, that is because of the temple. If we had not been going to the temple frequently, we would have been done at three kids. I mean, our plan, that was our plan. Yep. That was our plan. Harry came because of promptings in the temple. And then especially this fifth baby, totally because we felt like God led us to do that. And so sometimes your plans really are altered by God's plans for you, which we've talked about all the time. His plans are always better than ours. In that same talk by Marvin J. Ashton, he kind of talks about how to do this tactically, which I always really appreciate specific instruction or direction. So first he shares this quote that goes right along with what we're talking about from Dale Carnegie. He said, if you are not in the process of becoming the person you want to be, you are automatically engaged in becoming the person you don't want to be. Like, oh man, that's kind of a zinger. But then Elder Ashton says, however, we must realize not all problems of life can be solved at once which thank goodness for that, right? then he says, a commitment to solve our daily needs and the reach of immediate lesser goals will bring meaningful success. Realize that God will judge you by the way you make use of all your possibilities. It is wise and proper to want to make the most of every opportunity, but don't quit or weep because of failure or disappointments. 
break down big commitments into smaller ones that you can handle. Then self-esteem will grow and commitment toward goals of greater magnitude will become possible. The journey of success is long and dotted with a series of commitments to worthy goals. A person does not become committed to worthwhile goals just by making the declaration or decision. It must be daily progress toward established purposes. So I love that. If you if you go back, it's like he says, don't try to do it all at once. Break down the big ones into smaller ones. Your self-esteem will grow as you see yourself, you know, checking those little boxes. And I do this when I make my little to-do lists each day. A lot of times I will add things that I have already done and I'll check them you off. You need a win. There's nothing Because wrong with exactly, that. you need a win. And going back to, by the way, a second ago, I Googled eat the frog and it was, like I thought, Brian Tracy. And did you hear Lila say that the other day? Eat the frog. It was so cute. So our girls were folding laundry after our trip to Utah. We were in Utah for almost two weeks. So they just had like a mountain of laundry to fold the other day. They sat down to fold their laundry. And Lila said something about eat the frog. And Annie said, what? What's that? And she said, eat the frog. You know, you do the hardest thing first. And so I think that can be true, too, when it feels like, man, I have so much to do. Where do I begin? Oftentimes, I try to go by the Spirit. But if the Spirit's not giving me direction, the eat the frog thing always wins. Because if you get the hardest thing done first, if you eat a frog, then everything else after that is going to be easy. That's the mentality behind eat the frog. But I do think that my dad used to say this all the time in emails when he would write our family emails, daily decisions determine destiny. And I think that's kind of what Elder Ashton was getting at here is you got to do just the little things every day to make those small wins and those build up to the bigger wins. And each of those small wins, if you can recognize them and celebrate them will give you the confidence and self-esteem to keep working toward the big ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked, um, I was talking to a friend recently and he brought up this concept of whenever there's something that will stick out in our lives, it'll, it'll come about and it'll come to the surface when we're ready to transcend it. When we're right to that mm. point where we're ready to like take it on and, and maybe overcome something. And I'm like, wow, that was, that's really cool. Because I think a lot of times I get caught in kind of like the everything all at once now mentality. And that's, especially in the world that we live in, it's so individualized and tailored specifically to us. And you got to have everything. You got to have it now. It just is overwhelming. It's completely unmanageable. And for me, that just leads me down a road that I don't want to go down when I start thinking like that. It's like, oh, man, I just I'm never going to win. There's so much that I don't have or do or I haven't achieved enough. I'm not enough. And it just it does not end in good places mentally. So that concept of like, OK, if I if I can think and especially if I can tap into God and his power and understanding and the spirit. And know, okay, what is the one thing that I need to be focusing on right now? And that's usually what I do is I pray in the morning and and just pray for help to know that I can accomplish the most effective things in each area of my life. And also how to balance out my life in respect to taking care of myself while I'm trying to take care of life's responsibilities. So one other thing I wanted to bring up is... An idea that I've thought about a lot and read in different places, but I especially, I always think of the way Greg McEwen talks about it in Essentialism, which is just 
finishing and not being obsessed with perfection or thinking that something has to be absolutely perfect in order to accomplish it or celebrate it. So he says a popular idea in Silicon Valley is done is better than perfect. And what's the simplest possible product that will be useful and valuable to the intended customer instead of how can we make this absolutely perfect and flawless? Because if you're if you're doing that, you'll never be done. It will never be good enough, whatever your product is. Apparently, this is the process that Pixar uses in their movies too. So they start with storyboards instead of scripts. They don't write the whole entire script. They start with storyboards and then they put those together kind of like a cartoon or a comic book. And then they try that out. They do it in like little cycles, hundreds of times. They put those in front of people to see what they think and get feedback from them. And they do that over and over and over until they have something that feels like a good product. And so John Lasseter, the chief creative officer at Pixar and Disney said, we don't actually finish our films, we release them. And I think that's important also to remember that there are certain projects in life that you just have to at some point say, okay, this is good enough. This is, I'm going to call this done and then we're going to move on to the next thing. Or, you know, you celebrate a win that maybe doesn't even feel totally complete, but that helps you to keep going and keep progressing because you don't want to get stuck in the rut of this still just isn't perfect because there just are things in life that will never be completely perfect. Yeah. I think you just summed up my undergraduate degree. Oh. <laughs> uh, one, right, I just think of these papers as a communications major. And so we just wrote papers. We attend class and then write papers on things. And I just remember having to write these long papers that we had to come up with. And there just came a point where I'm like, all right, I've edited this thing. I put it out there or I'm in a time crunch. I'm, I need to turn it in. And it's like, look, just get it in. Just, yep. just get it done. Get it in. And maybe it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. And I think that was super helpful. That's something actually you helped me with. Just saying like, look, just, it's not going to be flawless. Just turn it in. And mo and a lot of times I was actually surprised that it went better than I thought it would. So. Well, and isn't it interesting that that's how life works too? God doesn't send us to earth to figure out how to perfect ourselves in this life. It's like you do your best. You learn. You find bumps in the road and you have to climb certain mountains and and you have peaks and valleys and all kinds of things like that but then at some point your life ends and then you evaluate you look back and you say what good did I do how did I use those talents and gifts that, and opportunities that were given to me how can I report on my discipleship and it's never going to be perfect there's literally only one person who ever has or will live who can report back with perfection. And that's why we need a savior, right? That's why we need someone to his grace to be able to fill in all of our gaps. But I think that having these pausing points where we can pause and look at how far we've come and celebrate those things. It's like today I looked at this vision board and thought, wow, at the beginning of 2022, I put however many things, three dozen, not three dozen, let's see. 15 things on here. 
yeah, definitely not three dozen, but you know, about 15 things on my vision board and a good handful of them, probably a third, I've either accomplished or gotten a little bit better at. And then there are things that I totally haven't accomplished. And then there are things that maybe I've even gone a little bit backwards in a couple of these areas. But overall, if I look at the overall vision board, I have overall made progress and even achieved and completed some of these things like the jewelry line that launched today. So cool. I just love a phrase. Got to throw a recovery phrase in here somewhere. Progress, not perfection as we're going through life and trying to get better and especially with an addiction, it's progress, not perfection. Keeping that mentality and understanding that the grace of Jesus Christ will make up the difference and fill in the low spots where maybe we need some, some or a lot of, of help, or, I mean, ultimately fill in the, there is no gap. Like it's, it's all through Christ, but, but basically understanding that we're not going to be perfect, but as we exercise faith in Christ and try and do our best, that we can become like God because of the atonement of Christ. So really, really just a miracle, a gift. Last thing I want to point out too is times and seasons. So as I'm looking at this vision board, there are things that I have absolutely prioritized and improved. And those things are all most important things like time in the temple, time in the scriptures, time with my family, time focusing on those relationships. And then there are things on this vision board in my idea of, okay, in a perfect world, these are all the things I would improve on. And a couple of these where I said I've slid backwards in, you know, my physical exercise and my super healthy eating. I'm in the first trimester of a pregnancy where I'm just in survival mode. And a lot of times the only thing that sounds good is like a plain carb. Or with my physical exercise, I started out the year working out with a trainer a few times a week and we had to quit because my back problems got so bad that it was actually doing more damage than it was helping. And so there are just things that right now in this time and season, I have to give myself grace and allowance to be present in the moment that I'm in with this pregnancy. And that might mean something different for you. It might mean this summer you have really busy kids at home that you have to give a lot of attention to. So you don't have as much time to do things that you will be able to do when they're back in school. Or maybe you have teenagers that are keeping you up late at night because you're waiting for them to come home every night because every night is like a weekend night in the summer for teenagers. Or maybe you have a newborn, so you're not ever getting a full night's rest. You know, there are just things, there are times and seasons when you have to really give yourself grace and use that as part of your evaluation to say, am I being fair to myself with where I'm at? And as long as I'm pointed in the right direction, doesn't ha- doesn't mean I have to be at Hana, but if I'm on the road to Hana, if I am enjoying the journey, seeing the beauty in everyday life and I'm pointed in the right direction, even if I'm not getting there quite as fast as I thought I would, I'm still going where I want to go. I'm still in the right direction. I still have purpose and intention in my life. So make sure that as you're evaluating as well, you give yourself grace for whatever time and season of life that you're in. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. 
subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. 